and it's championship time. Some of you thought we'd never get here. It's championship week, the Nellis Bowl 19. Welcome to Nellis Bowl 19 week. That's right. After a rather slow media day yesterday where mandatory participation was very much not followed and the reporter pool was pretty thin, we are now, as I record this Thursday morning, officially in the start of the championship game week. I don't know, we're spread out across, what, four days worth of games? Anyway, we are officially into the final game of the season, so let's get right into it. Got a little gift for you guys this episode. Let's start with bidding adieu to the two teams who just could not make it across that finish line. Grizzles Gladiators, in their swan song season, they managed to pull a miracle out of their hats, pivoting from a potential Pierce ownership from week 6 through 13, I mean, they were right there, into a playoff slot. In their 19-year history of the league, Grizzles Gladiators have only missed the playoffs four times and only been to Pierce once. They have slapped their name on the Pierce, or on, on the Phyllis, not the Pierce, sorry. They've slapped their name on the Phyllis twice and will forever live on in the hallowed halls of the NFFL. We need, we need to get rid of that, that sad music for this. And Colonel Sanders Slade. The regular season champion was not able to parlay that success into a second NFFL title, and their drought continues. Their last championship came in 2009, and their last Pierce ownership came in 2014. Fun fact, eh? But this season was overall a strong one. Typically, Colonel Slade gets bounced in the first round of the playoffs. Seriously, they've made the playoffs seven times, and five of them, they've been bounced in the first season, or the (laughs) the first round. This pandemic season also brought them the Memorial Award by finishing the season as the strongest team in the league with the best record. So hats off to you. Enjoy the offseason, watching the championship game from the cheap seats, knowing you fell just short of that mark. Now let's look at some conference championship surprises. I've just got four players for you this week because we only had two teams playing, or four teams playing. Duh, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. We only had four teams playing, and really there were only four that stuck out that really over overshot their projections. So let's just rattle them off. <laughs> Calvin Ridley was only projected at 15.33 points, and uh, that turned that into a... Um, 
mm, pretty solid 27.30. DeForest Buckner was only projected at 11.39 and really, really went off 26.60 points. Dude had a very nice game. David Montgomery continued his streak. 13.98 points was his projection. Turned in 28.7. He had almost 30 points. And Jerome Baker is probably not a name you're very familiar with unless you own this guy on your squad. Boy, that sounds really bad to be saying out loud. 11.02 projected. Put up 21 points as a defender. So congratulations to those gentlemen. You were truly surprised this week. And let's move on to someone, well, some guys on the other side of the coin. The Brown Note! The Poopers! And remember, as I say every week, I do not consider injured players poopers. Pooping is when a player fails to meet their projected expectations. They had to have started for their NFFL team. Again, we only had four teams playing. There weren't a lot of them compared to years past. So, let's just rattle them off. There were no gooses this week. That was... Wait, were there? I think there might have been one, but I'm not looking back at my notes to find it. Jason Sanders it was a kicker, and he did not perform up to his standard. Montez Sweat, Levante David, Mike Hilton, Kareem Hunt, Amari Pooper, Cooper, that's right, the nickname's back. DK Metcalf, Jason Pierre-Paul, I think he scored a goose, but I'm not 100% sure at this moment, because I didn't note it in my notes. And they usually do. And, of course, everyone's favorite wide receiver in Denver that does almost nothing most of the time, Tim Patrick. Those are your guys who just couldn't get it done. Not good enough, damn it. Not good enough. The Poopers of the Conference Championship Week. I told you I had something a little special for you this week. In lieu of my traditional uh, matchup preview... I managed to get the two owners of the teams in the Nellis Bowl this year, got them on the horn, and was able to get an interview with both of them at the same time. Recorded it, and I'm going to plug it in right here. So enjoy your special Christmas gift this year for Nellis Bowl 19. the line bizzle owner of cobra kai and jason owner of lance man love with what is my hands down favorite audio drop of the year i i dance in my seat every time i play that i have to say oh do you enjoy that clip i yes oh yes theme song yeah (laughs) i specifically searched for erotic music when, (laughs) when i was looking for that so yeah like that was the only time you searched for that erotic music yes <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> All right. So the projections have you guys separated by only one point right now as of this afternoon. And up to this point, you've both overperformed in the playoffs. So I want you to kind of assess your opponent's squad. Jason, as you are the newbie, I want you to go first. What do you think of Cobra Kai's chances? Well, let me pull up his his roster here. Good job being prepared for your on-air interview. Well, it it would be awesome if they were uh, on the same screen when I looked at the team's team. (laughs) Are you complaining about our league leadership? No. Why would I? If Ben would have have shown up for the, uh, for media day, I'm sure he would have, you two would have had a round or two. That reporter pool was more than socially distant today. (laughs) All right. So when I look at, when I look at uh, Connor's roster, I think my biggest, my two biggest concerns are obviously going to be his quarterback and his receivers. Mahomes has put up crazy numbers, and I, Connor would be able to speak to this better. I don't know that he has really underperformed for any significant stretch really at all this year. I feel like he's put up good numbers all year long. I don't think he's had any, um, you know, back-to-back games where he was underperforming. He's stayed relatively injury-free. Uh, and things like that. So I think that's probably his strongest position. If, if uh, Mahomes doesn't have a good game, that really opens things wide up uh, for me to, to come in. Um, and then his other strong position would, would certainly be his wide receivers with Metcalf and Ridley. Uh, I'm regretting giving him Ridley <laughs> midseason. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head who I got. For that, when I made that trade, but you, you got Higgins I was, and and Hollywood. Yeah, got, so, so you, it, it was when I was desperately in need of more bodies in my receiving core. I had, uh, or I had Ridley, who was putting up okay numbers. I think he'd been fighting a couple injuries here and there. I had him and Godwin; they were really my only two. And at the time, it seemed to make sense to make that move to get uh, to get two bodies on my on my roster. Um, and it hasn't worked out poorly for me. I didn't really keep track of Ridley's production after uh, after I traded him to But it's worked. I mean, it obviously worked that well for me to still here, even though I've, I'd say I got lucky a couple times in the playoffs and as the season got close to an end, <laughs> beating Ty twice, beating Ben once. Yeah, but I would say if, I think it, it really hinges on Mahomes, Metcalf, and Ridley for, for Connor. You know, if, if uh, any of the three of them really outperform their expectations, then there's very little chance of me winning. But at the same time, if any of those guys fall flat on their face, then the door's wide open, I think. Even though even though we only have like a one or two point differential, I would say Connor's probably favored. You know, his guys are more consistently getting those points. So Well he is he is the one point favorite right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll take that one point. I probably need it. I mean, that's that's as much as I beat Chuck by. Um, you know, I look at Lance Manlove's roster, uh, and I mean, obviously, the position that stands out the most is tight end. I mean, he has tight end one. I mean, probably one of the like compared to the rest of that position, the most dominant player in the league compared to any other position. Com- with you know number two guy or number three guy, Kelsey's the the man. Obviously, if he has a big game, that means I'm having a big game with Mahomes. So I'm really excited about that working out for me. But uh, it's going to hurt because my tight end position is 
you know, it's a question mark every week. Jason, he'll have steady production from that position, which I'm sure he's excited about. Which is unfortunate because you will have the other side of that. <laughs> For sure, man. I, I, I need that. But I mean, honestly, his running backs are riding a hot hand right now. I mean, JT and Indy and Montgomery, who saw after mm-hmm. like week three, Montgomery tearing it up the way he has the last three weeks. It's a scary duo at the running back position. And, you know, had you and I talked earlier about my running back tandem and the injuries we're facing, Jason has the opposite problem at his running backs because his running backs are at full strength and running as good as they have all season. So, I mean, that's, I think that's going to be the strength if he does beat me. It's going to be the back of those three guys. I mean, his running, his wide receivers, he has a good group of guys, but they are inconsistent um i mean godwin oh my gosh last year he was a you know a top five wide receiver and this year he's like what wide receiver 30 i mean he's not doing great Aguilar, depending on the week i mean he might blow up but miami has a good defense hollywood you know when jackson can connect with him and that's a good you know tandem that he has with jackson to hollywood that's great for him, and we'll see how he does against the Giants, but who knows? And Higgins, I mean, he has good upside. I think against Houston, he might be able to put some numbers. I do think I have the better defense than him right now. Um, I don't have a lot of names on my defense, but I got guys that can produce. Um, but I think all in all, I think it's be a pretty close game. So, Lance Man Love, any first-time jitters? No, I, I told Connor I'm just – happy to be still in it you know I, I wouldn't say i'm it's like totally luck and if you talk to ben he would say oh you came out of the worst division you barely squeaked into the playoffs if we didn't have the division format you know you wouldn't be in it but hey i mean that's been the format for how long now so there have probably been plenty of teams who snuck in with with records similar to mine but i will say i did beat some of the best teams i beat Ben when he was undefeated. I beat Ty twice back-to-back weeks. Um, So I think there's something to be said for that. Any explanation for why you continue to use GIFs in your uh, GIF battle with Connor that feature little children and women? (laughs) No. Bissell, care to address your running back woes uh, currently? Yeah, you know, um, Edward Tolaire... He's out with that high ankle sprain, right? I think it's high ankle sprain. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 a, and a hip uh, yeah. A hip issue. Yeah, I mean, I know that um, Kansas City's hoping that he comes back for the playoffs, but it won't be for my playoff run anymore, which is unfortunate for me. Uh, I mean, he even though he his numbers came down and his touches came down, I mean, he was putting up pretty good numbers the last few weeks. I was really counting on those carries that he was getting, and he had a few touchdowns towards the end. Robinson... I mean, he's questionable right now. Jacksonville already said they're going to rest him all week in practice. So uh, I'm riding Wilson going into that Saturday game. I need somebody that's starting. And I think, you know, I I think he can put up good numbers for uh, the Niners this weekend. And then I'm hoping that Robinson starts. And if he plays, he's in. If he doesn't, I'm plugging in Dobbins. And that's kind of what I'm rolling with this week. It's a it's a next man up kind of thing with my lineup. I thankfully have enough depth with my 100-plus transactions uh, that I'm able to do stuff like that. So I think you should run Benny Snell. I, you know what? That was a consideration. <laughs> but <laughs> last week's Benny Snell might not be this week's Benny <laughs> Snell. So I, he's, he's at the bottom of my tiers right now. <laughs> Yeah, and so uh, on the other side of the field, you've got actually some 
uh, gold in your running back position there, Jason. Jonathan Taylor has this three-week solid streak, but he's getting this Pittsburgh defense that is getting a, a linebacker back off COVID list. And aside from one game where they were down severely at linebacker, and two games where they had running backs that really ripped off one big splash run, they've been really tough against a linebacker. Is Jonathan Taylor really going to be a running back to lean on? I think so. I mean, yeah, he may come back down to earth a little bit. I'm not expecting, you know, 30 points or 20 plus points like he had been getting. But I think with, unfortunately, Pittsburgh is just, their defense does not look great over the last few weeks and some of that is penalties and things like that it's not all yards that they're necessarily giving up I think the turnovers uh certainly haven't helped them on the offensive side but their defense has spent a lot of time on the field and with the success that Taylor's had against you know Houston Vegas um actually Houston twice and Vegas and even going back a few weeks to Green Bay um I think you know he has a chance at, at continuing that against a Steelers defense that is still going to be depleted at, at uh, linebacker with Dupree still out and Bush still gone and things like that. You know, he's still going to be going up against, you know, second and third tier uh, linebackers. And, you know, as much as I would love to see the Steelers win, I'd rather have the Phyllis. <laughs> so you're going to be actively rooting against Pittsburgh this week. I hope they give up a lot of points. I think, I hope it's a high scoring game and that they win, but you know, let Taylor run off a few, few long runs. I'd be okay with that. I hope Highsmith has six tackles or six sacks and <laughs> force fumble, interception return for a touchdown, and that's what wins the game for the Steelers. So, Bizzle, <laughs> uh, DK Metcalf struggled last week because Wilson struggled against the number 31, the, the number two pass defense in the league, and he gets the number one pass defense this week. You, you think that flexing is really going to help him? Have you seen the guy? Yeah, I mean, but did you see is... him Sunday? <laughs> I did. And I understand where you're going with how he looked last week. Um, but he is this physical specimen that can dominate anyone. The problem isn't him. The problem isn't this guy. The problem is Russell Wilson getting him the ball. So if Russell Wilson can target him, he'll make the catch. He'll stomp over anyone, flex over that dead carcass, and take it into the end zone. I'm not worried about him at all. Except he didn't even score four four points against the Rams last time. (laughs) Yeah, last time, because Lockett got to all the targets. But if he got the targets, he would have gotten at least 85 points himself. Guaranteed. (laughs) All right, gun to your head. Who's your MVP this week? Mahomes. If I win, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have to be on the shoulders of Lamar Jackson. He's going to have to have a good game. All right. Final thoughts heading into the, into the championship? I, I would say I'm just glad it's Connor and I. I think of the, <laughs> of the, of the semifinals teams that were in the running, uh, as much as I love Greg and Ben, um, I, I enjoy the, uh, the friendly rivalry that I have with Connor. And, you know, he's, he's had a, a historically good team and, um, I'm just happy to still be playing, and it's it's been an enjoyable season for me, even though I had a lot of – I had some close losses, and I had some big, big losses where I know I was the, the pooper of the week. But I will say, if some of those earlier games had just gone, you know, a few points one direction or the other, my record would have looked dramatically different than it did, and I don't think I'd be getting as much then. But I will say, for as much Pierce talk as there was from Ben to me 
this season, I'm pretty happy to still be playing and not even having to worry about players. Look, Jason historically has had a number, has had my number. Um, I know if Swedman were to run the, the head-to-head record, uh, I think he has beaten me in a lot of seasons where I had a much better team than him, but he just shows up in these matchups. Uh, we do have that friendly cross-conference rivalry that he shows up for and I show up for, and I'm hoping that, you know, I beat him once this season pretty good. Um, I'm hoping that I can replicate that, but anytime a rivalry like this shows or happens on the field, um, we can't always count on talent overcoming. So I'm just hoping my guys play well this week. Um, Holmes getting that Atlanta defense, I think, is going to be huge, and I'm hoping he just passes to Hill nonstop the entire game. And Le'Veon Bell. And Kelsey doesn't even show up. I don't even know who. Travis Kelsey who? I hope that's the, I hope that's what they see after the game's over. <laughs> well, I don't know about the last two years, but I can't tell you. As of, two, of 2017, he did have you 6-5 historically. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, I, I if you were to look at my record against everyone else um, during that same run, I'm, I'm a pretty good team. My record overall is pretty solid. But Jason shows up for me. You know, he plays me tough. I mean, we're practically 500 against each other. And because I have a win against him, he might be due. I'm sure he thinks he's due. But, you know, I'm a, I'm a two-time champion. I'm a back-to-back crazy horse champion right now and uh i'm hoping that my experience um takes out that those nerves that the guy who's just happy to be here has right now so (laughs) (laughs) all right well i'm hoping for a a well fought game for the close tight game not a one of you just drops the ball all over the place we'll keep it a little clean just in case your bluetooth craps out on you jason (laughs) And I'm hoping for a really good finish this year for 2020, the only year that this could be the final matchup. But seriously, you guys did a really good job. Congratulations on reaching the championship. Really proud of you both for me making it here in a year that we could have not even had a season. For sure, man. Well had we had the season, definitely. I was a I was a negative Nancy at the beginning, but I'm glad. Well, and maybe because I'm in the championship, I'm glad we did it. <laughs> <laughs> You know what, though, Jason, I mean, I was I was singing the same song as you, you know, I like COVID and I was just didn't think that the season would happen. And I thought like by week five, they'd be shutting it down. And like, what's the point? It's going to be a crappy, miserable year and people would be missing games left and right. And it ended up not being as bad as it was. And it actually been it was a really enjoyable season. I played different than I did last year when I when I played tie in the championship game last year. Uh, I just put a lot of pressure on trying to build a super team to contend with him. Uh, and every time, like I made a move, he made a better move, and it was just exhausting. And I couldn't wait for the season to be over. Whereas this season, um, I just played to have fun and enjoyed the year and. Um, it worked out. So, I, I think it's because you've been able to pick up people on waivers whenever you want. I agree. I agree. That's exactly right. <laughs> it brought Connor back to the top. It, well, I'll tell you what, man. That we'll tie rule sucks. We'll, we'll have some rules next year. Don't worry. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure Ty is, listening, Ty is listening to this podcast right now, making a list of rules to go against everything I've done this season. So. <laughs> All right. Well, congratulations, gentlemen. And I look forward to seeing whoever's name will be on the Phyllis and presented in person. At Mancation 2021. That's right. That's right. 
and Jason and I both talked and uh, the Pierce punishment will be done live in person. It won't be any of this shenanigans on your family time. It's going to be mancation time, punishment. Be prepared. Jay, or who is it? The Rev. Be prepared, yes. Rev. Watch out. <laughs> Cover those nuts. I think water, water balloons are coming. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Go back to your families. Good night. See you Thanks, See you. Thanks to both of our owners. Uh, good luck to you both. As I close up this week, uh, I'm not gonna for deliver a pick because uh, I just I want a good game, man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really know who I want to win. Uh, last week with 101 on the season, I'm officially closing up shop on my picks at 42 and 30. I have had better seasons for picks, but hey. I had more right than wrong. This week, we've got games. Uh, there's only two of you playing. You guys know what's going on. You know when the games are, and if you don't, you really should not be in the championship game. <laughs> and remember, you can buy some NFFL swag on Redbubble at bit.ly slash NellisNFFL. I'm going to try to record one next week, gentlemen. I'm on vacation till January 4th, so... I think I'll get it done. Good luck to our competitors. Podcast is a production of Headfirst Studios. Headfirst Studios, tell your story.